This is the Shannon Smith Shooting Podcast. Gas it up. Welcome back, guys and girls. Thanks again for joining me on the Shannon Smith Shooting Show Podcast. Doing a rare AM truck cast today on the way to work. So maybe I'll sound better or worse. Enjoying a protein shake instead of a yingling. So a little different. A couple things we're going to cover today. Had a question come in on Facebook I was going to hit. And then the Area 6 pistol match, which was a couple weeks ago. Um, Still consider myself an open shooter, I guess. Uh, I think I'm going to be switching back to open before the IPSC Nationals. Trying to decide if I'm going to try out for the open team again or or maybe the classic team. I'm not sure. But uh, I had a question come in on open guns from a newer newer shooter, at least newer, newer to open. This was from Eric on... On Facebook, he says he wants to get into open division. And the first question in a series of questions is, how, is it, how important is the platform? Uh, does it need to be a 2011 like everybody seems to be shooting? Or uh, the other one he's looking at is a, is a TAMFO, a TAMFolio. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I mean I, I've never shot the TAMFolios. I mean, I've, I've fired them, but I've never you know, seriously competed with them or, or owned one. So I can't really speak to that. Uh, obviously, you know, JJ's running one. Eric has been running one forever. So uh, certainly the plat- that platform is not holding you back. Um, I would, you know, I, I, would, I would say 2011 just because uh, it's more readily available. There's more accessories readily available. There's, there's more people available to work on them. Uh, there's more knowledge about there about them. You know, that said, I wouldn't steer you away from the Tanfolio probably fine I just don't have any experience with it uh, where you know everybody's been shooting 2011s for a long time I mean I even started with Paras back in the day and and uh, they were fine too you know it was a lot of people give them a bad name but uh, there was nothing wrong with the platform you know steel frame before steel frames were cool and uh, I was real happy with it the main reasons I switched to a, a 2011 platform was when I went from limited to open you couldn't really get a pair of open gun unless it was, you know, a full custom build. And so once I was going to go to 2011 for open, I just went to 2011 for, for limited as well. And I've been with them ever since. So, you know, I would certainly, I would certainly recommend 2011, but if your heart's selling Tanfolio, then I wouldn't turn you away from it. If it's a, if it's a money thing, and I don't even know what the Tanfolios are worth or what they go for, you know, you know, if they're less expensive and you're doing it for money reasons, I would say suck it up and go 2011. But uh, if it's just something you like, then knock yourself out. Uh, next question he asks is, how do you decide on a gunsmith? That's a tough question. Um, you know, if you're going to have a if you're going to have a custom build, which you probably need with an open gun, um, you know, the offerings from STI are probably okay. But you know, you're gonna you're probably going to need to tweak it. You're probably going to need somebody to make adjustments on it if you're not available or able to do that yourself. And Getting a gunsmith for an open gun right now is is tough to do, uh, from what I've seen. You know, I've been with uh, Derek at Millennium Custom for a long, long time, but he's just not building much anymore. And I would hes- be hesitant to to recommend you to him. I mean, if you can get him to build you one, awesome. But 
it's tough to do. The next place I probably would look would be Brazos. Uh, you know, Limcats out there. There's a lot of companies. You just you just need to be careful, and you know, do your research. If you could find people that have them, try them out, ask questions, because uh, there's also a lot of companies out there that that don't really know what they're doing, and they're they're not turning out good products, and it's just going to lead to hassles. I mean, you're going to have problems with the gun. Things are going to break. Things are going to need tweaked. Uh, so that 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 part of it is going to happen. But you know, if you get one that just just flat doesn't run well, then it's very very frustrating and. And if you've been in the game long enough, uh, we've all been there. Uh, I'll tie the I'll tie the finishing part of that question into the next one. He asked, should he start with a used gun or a, or a cheaper gun uh, before getting into a full full build? Uh, I would say yes, but the, the the large reason behind that is if you go with a reputable uh, builder, it's going to take you a while to get the gun, and you know not a bad option is to find something very very similar. The same would be even better uh, that you can get and start shooting now, uh, while you wait to get your to get your new gun, which you know could be a year, uh, and then you'll have you'll have a backup gun. And if you're you know, tight on funds, if you're trying to do this on a budget, you're not going to want to hear this, but you know one is none and two is one with competition guns. You you have to have a second gun if you're going to be a serious competitor, um, because. Like I said, things are gonna break. That's that's flat out gonna happen. It's not a matter of if, and it's always at the most inopportune time, like the week before a big match, or two weeks before a big match. You know, when you're shooting the most, you're getting out there trying to get those last practice sessions in and and burning some rounds through the gun. That's when something's gonna break, and now you're you know three days away from the match, four days away from the match. Uh, you don't have time to ship it off to get fixed and ship it back. So. You know, that's why you have to have that's the main reason you have to have a second gun I mean, if if the gun breaks in the middle of a match in the middle of the stage it doesn't really matter you know you've, your match is over but it's mainly for that one two three days before when something goes wrong and you don't have time to switch it uh, I'm not a gunsmith I'm certainly not a metallurgist but uh, in my opinion my redneck opinion uh, I think it's the extreme heat cycles that really puts wear and tear on them uh, so I use my my, and I don't really have a backup gun. I mean, both my guns are equal. I could I could pick either up and compete with it tomorrow. But I use them both in uh, practice sessions. So if I'm going out for a for a pretty heavy practice session, you know, 500, 600 rounds, something like that. I'll swap back and forth between guns uh, every you know every iteration or every every series of runs. I'll I'll go swap it off. Uh, just trying not to to heat them up so much, especially if you look at something like Steel Challenge, which is minor ammo but still you know you're it's really easy to to rip a whole bunch of rounds through the gun real quick and, and super heat it up so a couple of different ways and reasons that I recommend you need a backup gun so you know I would say yes go out and find what you can find but make sure it's going to be really really close to the final product of of what you want otherwise it doesn't do you a lot of good I and mean, if you have a, a Springfield XD with a with a uh, Burris fast fire or something on top, that's not really a backup gun for your Brazos STI. So, you know, it needs to be very, very similar. Uh, my guns, I honestly could not tell uh, with my eyes closed picking them up. They're, you know, literally identical. Uh, last question he asked is on optics. And if you've listened to the podcast for a while, you know I've struggled with optics recently. Um, 
he asked about the this particular one was a, a holo sun and it was a they call it a circle dot so it's a larger uh, illuminated circle around a smaller illuminated dot uh, i would not i would not recommend that for sure i would just go with a nice clean dot the uh, distances at which we work you know you don't need you don't need hold offs you don't need uh, uh, subtension lines or anything like that and uh, the less busy the better the less stuff going on in the reticle the better you just want to put the dot on the target and uh, pull the trigger now in, in terms of the, the the size of the dot that's that's up to debate I, I personally like a six moa but that's kind of a weird designation because I've seen I've seen fours that are way bigger and brighter than sixes uh, and I've seen eights that are that look like a six so it kind of depends on the manufacturer and the type of site as to what dot size that you like but generally speaking uh, I like the six MOA on a pistol uh, that's what I run on my Seymour serendipities now uh, that's what I ran on the RTS2 and uh but I've seen the the SIG, the new SIG out. Uh, I've seen their, I think it's a three. It's a three or four, I think it's a three. And man, that thing's super bright and it would be fine on a pistol. Um, so it kind of depends on which one you're going with. But uh, in terms of the manufacturer, that's a tough call right now. You know, I've, as I've said a million times, I'm, I'm not a fan of the RTS-2s. They've, they're, they're, they're failures. They're going to break. Uh, I've seen it a hundred times. And, you know, even my buddy, I finally told my buddies that I'm not feeling sorry for you anymore. And that thing goes out on you in a match because it's gone out on them four times otherwise and they've had to replace it. Uh, so you're just asking for trouble. And, again, I'm not knocking Seymour. I, I run the Seymour now, and they're the, they've been the industry standard for 20 years. Uh, they just put out a bad product with the RTS-2. The um, you know, Leupolds, I've, I've seen those go out. I don't like the look of the dot on those anyway. So, I mean, right now, I would, if I was going to recommend something, I'd have to recommend what I use, and that's the old school Seymour, the you know, either the serendipity mount or the slide ride on a on a um, on a frame mount. And you know, the modulars there are interchangeable, so it's really easy to change dot sizes if you want to try a four, six, eight, whatever, and they work. The, the dot is fine. It's, you know, maybe not as quite as crisp or bright as some of the newer micro dots, but uh, it works. You can see it in sunlight and it works. So, you know, that's what I'd recommend. Uh, Six Hours got a new, new, relatively new site out, the Romeo, and it's pretty awesome. Uh, I've seen the six MOAs, but they're not available yet. Uh, when those become available, I would probably seriously look at, at going to those. Uh, Max Michelle shoots for Team Six, pretty good friend of mine. Uh, he runs them, and he said he's had not had any problems with them, and I, I take him at his word. Uh, they look very similar to a, to an RTS too. I mean, I wouldn't wouldn't surprise me if they're made in the same factory in China or whatever. But uh, if they hold up, like he says they do, then that's probably going to be the way to go. The nice thing about the micro dot, with the uh, especially if you're running Major Nine, which I assume you're gonna, is you're able to to keep that ejection port clear, and that's going to aid in reliability. You know, I've been, I've, I've not had any problems with my traditional Seymour mounted where it's covering the ejection port, but I also run uh, almost exclusively new brass. So that really helps your cause. Um, if you're going to my, uh, major nine, you know, the only reason to go major nine is for the availability and, and, and uh, cost savings in brass. Uh, 
So if you're running mixed brass, old brass, that type of thing, that can cause some ejection issues when you're when you're covering the port with the sight. Um, so micro dots are good for that, but I haven't found any that are worth a shit. So take that for what it's worth. So I hope that answers your questions. I appreciate it. Keep them coming. You can hit me up on Facebook, email, the gram, wherever. I'll keep a list going and I get to them when I can. I just happened to see this one come through last night or this morning, so I thought I'd hit it while I was doing this. I'm going to talk a little bit about the Area 6, uh, USPSA Area 6 Pistol Championship. And uh, <laughs> I say pistol championship, I shot a rifle. It was held in Okeechobee, Florida at a newer newer range. And the facility was awesome. I've been down there quite a few times this year. Once they announced the Area 6 was going to be there, I went down and picked up some local matches there just to get a lay of the land and figure out how the range works and how it looks and what the berms look like and et cetera. And it's a super nice facility. It's largely a shotgun facility and nice lodge, restaurant, bar. They put in what they call the competition park, which is their pistol bays and very nicely done. I mean, the berms are well engineered. Uh, it's grass, which is awesome and uh, super, super good range. The not, not big bays. The bays are kind of small in my opinion, but it's fine. I mean, for what they do there, uh, it works great. The stages were uh, pretty good, I thought. They were easy. I mean, there the wasn't much distance or uh, high accuracy involved, which is neither here nor there, just different. And a lot of that's, you know, due to the base sizes, obviously. You can't get a whole lot of distance if you don't have a whole lot of distance. Uh, but there was a couple, you know, a couple shots you had to aim, but, but not a lot. And uh, this coming from a guy that still had four or five penalties, so still possible to miss. And uh, I was fortunate to pull off the win, so that was cool. I'm uh, on a roll in PCC this year with the Florida State and Florida Open and Area 6. This one was a, a little bit wider margin than the other two. The other two are a little tighter than I like, but but uh, it's my third, I think, division win in Area 6. So I'm proud of that. I've won it in limited and open and, and now PCC. Uh, so that's cool. I used the JP rifle that I've been using, buddy of mine, Steve, still still letting me borrow. And uh, I've made the decision that's what I'm going to go with. I've looked around, I've tried a whole lot of different PCCs from a lot of different manufacturers, and the JP stands head and shoulders above the others. So I'm going to go with that. I just bought a, a new shotgun, and then, as I mentioned in the last podcast, I'm on the hunt for one of those new SIG 365s. So I need to wait a little bit before I do another gun purchase, but definitely going to be the JP. Probably going to stay with the 14-inch. Uh, I would like a little bit more handguard to hang on to. I, I thought about looking at the 16-inch, but uh, but probably don't want that weight out there or that length. And I'm kind of getting accustomed to hand placement with the handguard on the 14 now. So probably going to stay with that. Uh, speaking of sights, <laughs> the... Uh, the gun that I'm borrowing, he had the the MRO, who the hell makes that, Trigicon, I think, or something. Um, really nice scope. I don't know how much it costs, but I know it's not cheap. And nice dot. You know, it sits up nice like a like my old beloved aim points. And was super happy with it. And I'll be damned if I wasn't out practicing before the Area 6 and the freaking dot goes out. So maybe it's just me, but, you know, I do not have luck with scopes and I don't know if it's the battery system 
because all the ones I've had issues with are running that 2032 with the uh, little tray on the on the micro dots, or this one's screwed in like a like a normal scope scope. Uh, but it's it's definitely losing connectivity somehow because a dot goes out, fire around, it comes back on, fire around, goes out, fire around, comes back on. You know, same thing that was happening with the um, with the with the RTSs. So I uh, took that off, went back to the old Seymour slide ride, the old workhorse, and had that set up for the Area 6 and ran great, no problems, and uh, good enough to win. So I don't know, I don't know about that, uh, what I'm going to do with the scope on the JP was, I'm probably going to look at the aim points. I mean, I just like the aim point on a rifle scope, uh, the, uh, the Comp M style. I mean, I've had one of those on my, my work rifle or tactical rifle for I don't even know how long. And, uh, and it, it just, again, it just works. And that's why I use the military. So I've, you know, real comfortable behind, behind that scope, the old 68s and which they weren't even 68s then, I don't think, but probably going to go with that. But if not, it'll be the old, uh, old workhorse Seymour anyway. Uh, one issue I had at the match, and I've got to figure this out is I had a couple of misses. Uh, two of the penalties were clip and no shoots. And that's just a hold off issue. I, uh, one of them was on the move and maybe took a step. The other one I just didn't didn't give enough hold off with the uh, mechanical offset on the rifle, and uh, so that was two of the penalties. Uh, but then I had two misses. It might have been three, but I, I two spe uh, specific misses that I remember, uh, both on wide open targets, uh, not far away targets, and neither of the misses were called, and so that's frustrating and pretty rare. I mean, I don't. I certainly miss and don't know it from time to time, but that's a pretty rare occurrence. I mean, if I have a bad shot, uh, I usually know it and know it well enough that I, you know, know whether I need to make it up or not. If it's a, if it's just a Delta or if it's a complete miss, but something about that rifle, I guess, and I'm, and I'm pretty sure it's just not enough time behind the dot yet. You know, you get custom accustomed to seeing what the dot looks like in recoil and what the dot looks like in transitions, both coming in to the target and, and leaving the target. Uh, both of these instances, I'm, I'm 90% sure were, was the, was the second shot leaving the target. Uh, so clearly I'm, you know, getting my eyes off and moving the gun before I'm done shooting. So I've got to, got to work on that a little bit. And I'd mentioned before that transitions are the weak point on the rifle. Uh, everybody's worried about, you know, PCCs coming in and hurting their egos, taking the match over all wins and things like that. But I mean, that's just not going to happen. You know, if it's happening at your local club, it's because your open shooters aren't any good. Uh, you know, it would have to be a very, very unique match, I think, uh, for a PCC to beat an open gun. Uh, the transitions are so much faster with a pistol. And in USPSA, the biggest deal is the scoring. I mean, being scored minor versus major is huge. And you're just not going to you're not going to make that up. Uh, capacity doesn't really matter. I mean, yeah, open's going to have to load occasionally, and, and PCC never will, but uh, that doesn't matter as much as the major minor scoring and the transitions. So there's something about the way I'm coming in or coming off and just not seeing it well enough. So that's something I'll work on before the next match. And I'm like I said, I'm pretty sure it's just time behind the gun and, and getting a feel for, uh, what, for what everything's supposed to look like. But all in all, it was a good match. Came away with the win, so that's that's the goal. 
just getting back in town this week from the Multigun Nationals in Vegas. Uh, next podcast will be on that. Uh, digging the three-gun thing and learning a lot. So lots, lots to talk about there. In the meantime, we've got a local match here Saturday I'm getting ready for. And uh, hope you guys have a great week. I'll see you on the range. Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends. We're so glad you could attend. Come inside, come inside. There behind the glass stands a real blade of grass.